The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live here today from Salem, New Hampshire, and we got our special friend Raiden with us. He wants to be a part of the pig squeaking. Here we go. We're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. (laughs) He loves his little pig here. He can have it over here. So he is an old English bulldog, and today is going to be a whole podcast, no BS about bulldogs, because we have trained quite a few bulldogs over the years, um, and this old English breed uh, is, this is only the second time we've ever encountered it, and it's my favorite type of bulldog. So the quirky tip of the day is what makes up an old English bulldog, and my notes are on my phone today because we're a little bit short on time. So half of the old English bulldog is actually an English bulldog. Um, and then it's combined with an American pit bull terrier, an American bulldog, and a bull mastiff. So they range anywhere. He's a male. He's going to be probably 60 to 80 pounds, um, and females are 50 to 70 pounds. But he is just a bundle of joy. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't have any uh, border collie in him. Because that, <laughs> that blaze, if you look at the front of his face there, <laughs> he looks that's just all like, border collie. He looks just like a split face. <laughs> all right, so we are going to delve deep into the bulldog stuff. Um, a few other points of business. You guys should be getting all of your quirky dog apparel um, if it is arriving Put it on Instagram, hashtag the Quirky Dog Podcast. And then also, um, the House of Epicurus is where I ordered it from. So if you want to look them up, they're a company out of Tampa, Florida, and you can give them a quick Facebook review or a quick Google review if you have time, because I think the quality is great and the whole process has just been oh, so much fun for us, huh? It's been a joy. It's really been a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Tell them how much of joy Raiden's well, we been. Say, yeah, his name's Raiden. Yep. And how old is he? He's four months, just under yeah. five months. So right now, what I'm trying to do is talk to Scott about if we refund for the training and we purchase him, how much money we have to put forward. We're having that discussion right mm, now. Not much. <laughs> but he's so cute. And now he saw the cheese. So um, he is with us for some training because the owner had another bulldog with some aggression. Yeah, he doesn't have any behavioral issues really other than he's just a ramp puppy. But the owner previously had a bulldog rescue that had aggression issues and she had a lot of trouble with. So she wants to get this guy out off on the right foot, which I thought was a good idea. He's very smart. He has a great temperament. He's happy, social, just needs to learn some rules and some manners and he'll be on his way. And he got to uh, come today and he got to meet all kinds of people and be on the set and he's having a good experience out. So let's talk about the aggression first and foremost, because our history with bulldogs, I would say we mostly run into Either dog aggression or sometimes even some human aggression. I see more human than dog. Yeah, more human aggression than dog. Yeah, and what would you say? I think we've done probably, what, a dozen bulldogs together? Uh, Easily. And um, you did a few, what, another half dozen in California, another dozen in California maybe? Yeah, And it's pretty much always the same story. Um, And it's funny, on the way here, we were looking at definitions and everything, and they say like, um, dominant, you know, uh, protective, everything no. else. Alert. alert, alert, alert. Yeah. And Scott's like, well, from the training perspective, if you want to hear what we really mean by that, that means, you know, reactive to the house, protective of the neighborhood, you know, all this stuff. So <clears> you want to be <throat> conscious if you are going to have a bulldog in your family, um, to socialize them really well. And if they do have any of this innate genetic, um, kind of guarding 
behavior that you may see with some bulldogs, you don't necessarily want to foster that because when a dog like this, you know, gets to be 80 pounds and has some aggression, it can go south pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, he's a real cute puppy. He's very smart. He'll make a great companion animal with some good training. Um, but you have to keep in mind that this dog, <laughs> you know, is mixed with several other dogs that have animal aggression and um, that are big, powerful breeds that are out hog hunting and doing any number of things. So you want to make sure that, that you have a zero tolerance for, you know, this growling at other dogs or any kind of aggression issues. Yeah. Sometimes people just say, oh, you know, he's a bulldog. He's a little bit crabby, but you want to nip those things in the bud. And we're lucky to have him um, early and hopefully it'll be productive for his future life because we're trying to lay the groundwork of, you know, being social and being confident, but also having rules and having structure and everything else. And he has great food drive. So that works well in our favor. Yeah. And oh. I do think temperament plays a good part in this because I mean, you can train a dog that maybe has a little bit of an ugly temperament and they'll still look great. They'll train well, but you're not going to trust them in many situations because you know what their temperament is like. So that temperament plays a big part. And, um, like I said with this guy earlier, just a great temperament, very social, happy, not a sharp dog, doesn't have any um But with that said, uh, we, uh, we always do this exercise, stepping on the leash, we call it, I don't know, whatever the official term is for that, but it's um, kind of an anxiety behavior modification exercise that we came up with. And the other night after we worked him, I stepped on his leash for what, 20 minutes? And he was just like stubborn and he was fine. He wasn't fighting me, but he wasn't going to just lay down and rest at my feet. He was like really holding his ground and crabby and had his head. So, you know, yes, he has a great temperament, but they are bred with a certain level of stubbornness. Yeah. Rightfully sure. so. Let me have his toys because yeah. he's chewing on my finger. Um, All right. Pick, um, your, pick your battles. Yeah. <laughs> pick your battles. So uh, this is not necessarily um, like a, you know, sales pitch that you guys should look into getting an old English bulldog for yourselves. Absolutely I, not. Uh, this honestly is too much of a breed for us even at this point. He likes the cigars. He wanted Jonathan's downstairs too. He's meant to be here. So um, just so you guys are aware of this breed specifically, it's spelled like dog with an E. So it's a little bit different than the regular bulldog. And um, I think they even put an E at the end of old. They like really spice up the way they spell it. But it's a UKC recognized breed. Oh, he's excited about the uh, cigar now. Can I have the cheese? Pretty recent. I guess it was put together in the uh, 70s. Yeah. So it's a UKC breed. Um, and their life expectancy is anywhere from 9 to 14, which is pretty good. But yeah, they it was a breed that was recognized starting in like 2014. So their life expectancy is a little bit better than the regular um, English bulldog. A regular like full English bulldog only has a life expectancy of eight to 10. And um, there was actually a study done back in 2004 for the English bulldog specifically that on an average of 180 bulldogs, the average lifespan was only six years and three months. So they do have a lot of health issues and they can have a shorter lifespan and you need to be conscious of that. Well, the nice thing about this mix is that you get the longer muzzle, so you're going to have less problems with the breathing, uh, breathing issues and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think if we look at his muzzle here, he doesn't even have a... The, the big underbite, you know, like... Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. No, he has a not much a nicer bite than bite. anything else. Yeah. But if you're going to get... These dogs um, are a little bit more specific, and they're for people... You read that they were even trying to mix this breed back into the English bulldog to make them healthier, right? That was well, part of the long-term goal of this specific breed. It's a controversial thing they've done, yeah, with many dogs, but breeding a, an outcross into it to strengthen up the breed again. Because the regular about, English bulldogs, you guys, we're not meaning to um, be well, harsh on them, but they aren't very healthy. Well, I mean, they have a lot of, of breeding on their own. Yeah, there's a lot of um, 
help that comes from the breeding process, the birthing process. Even on the way here, you were reading that the puppies have to be helped to nurse. They don't necessarily just come out of the womb. Yeah, they're hand fed. Uh, I have a friend that was uh, an English bulldog breeder and they was actually a mobile, uh, what was it called? Like an ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yeah. A guy that drove, drove around and had a table with a hole in it. So you put the pregnant dog on top of the table and he'd come underneath with the ultrasound. <laughs> so there's a lot of care that goes, they need a lot of special attention. Yeah, there's a ton of prep. A big thing with them um, is aspiration pneumonia. We had a puppy um, a few years back that had had that. That's a very common issue that the English bulldog themselves can have, not as much as this mix. Um, aggression, we talked about, that can be something that you know, is genetic or a little bit built up because they look tougher and braver and people are kind of, you know, skipping behind trees and stuff when they see them. And it could be their environment that builds them up a little bit. And then um, the cherry eye you were mentioning, that's a big yeah, one. A lot of the bull breeds get the cherry eye. It's just like this big red bump in the inside of their eye, which is not a catastrophe, but it requires a small surgery if you want to get that fixed. Um, I've seen that quite a bit. Another huge one, and probably our favorite English bulldog of all time, which we had boarded and seen a lot over the years, are allergies. They have a ton of allergies, yeah. and it can be skin allergies with you know infections getting in between their folds, whether they be on their face or elsewhere in their body, because they kind of do develop more of this Sharpe kind of look after a while with all the folds in their skin and their loose skin. That can turn into ear infections, too. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was another big one. He had a lot of ear, ear infections. So I would say if you are experiencing... <laughs> I think he sees himself. If you are experiencing um, allergies with your bulldog specifically, but really any dog, the first thing that we would recommend looking at is diet. And that's something that um, it's easy to exclude. And they'll talk about the elimination diet and everything else. But our personal advice would be to look at a raw diet because a lot of times um, a lot of skin stuff and a lot of infections and a lot of allergies and all that are just cleared up specifically with diet. So if you are struggling with that, um, find a way to transition over maybe to the raw diet to see if it helps because we want to do everything we can to keep these little guys rocking and rolling and they're all not as healthy and well-tempered as he is. Yeah. Tell them tell him about the bulldogs and the overheating and what we were talking about on the way here. With Well, we were talking about they can be stubborn like Jess was saying. She stood on the leash and uh, he didn't want to lay down or even sit down for you know, like a solid half hour. <laughs> he was just He's crabby. Just wrestling he'd, he'd about be happy that. to sit in my lap. So I would get dogs out in California that were having aggression issues with people and, you know, couldn't put them in a crate. There's any number of, you just can't handle these dogs because they've been, um, everyone's worked around their attitude for three or four or five years. But the issue there was that it was always so warm that sometimes the length of time it would take to, to get the dog to calm down and establish a little bit of control uh, the dog was exhausted and now like hyperventilating. And this is like in five minutes if it's Southern California and it's maybe 85 degrees out. So it was always a challenge being able to work the dog effectively and not have any overheating was always a big deal. Yeah. And part of that has to do with their breathing, which we'll get into more of the specifics of all of that after break and what that can look like and why that can be more of a hindrance. But Really, I mean, it's important to note that when you own a dog like this, you're not going to be going for some three-mile hike in the summer. That's just not what they're built for. You need to treat them with kind of special gloves, and at the same time, you want to build them up and be able to have them as much dog-like as possible. And I would say this mix, for uh, practicality's sake, is probably a good way to go. The two that we've had have both been puppies, and um, they are strong. I mean, really strong. Like, too much dog for us at this point. They, like, excel at early bite work when you do it. They have great food drive. They're just, they're a lot of dog, you know, like, and they... Like to retrieve. Yeah, they, and they, like, he's so funny. He, you know, if he's whining, and I'm like, 
Right in quiet, he'll be, you know, he goes down to rest. Like, they just have a lot of attitude. I know, that's the noise that you make at night. So you need to be aware of that and be thoughtful of that and ask yourself, am I prepared for that? Not necessarily, you know, your best breed with kids, not your first go-to there. Like, what are you looking for in your lifestyle and why? Nicholas was always obsessed with them. And I um, told him, he has a Yorkie now, but I, when he called, I was like, it's going to be an expensive puppy. And you know, your, your annual maintenance is yeah, going to be expensive. It's, it's a lifetime a, of care, and it's yeah. a different financial responsibility than you may be used to. So we're going to go to break real quick. When we get back from break, we are going to define brachiocephalic. We're doing a little definition um, spurt here over the next few weeks. We're going to talk to you a little bit more about the Bulldogs and how cute my little boy is. What makes Coranda Beds chew-proof? Only Coranda Beds have a patented design which secures the fabric inside the frame, making it totally inaccessible to jaws and paws. Your dog can't chew the fabric because we've hidden the edges inside the rails. Dogs love Coranda Beds. See why? Coranda Beds come in a variety of custom sizes. You can even add a fleece pad on top for extra coziness. And these beds can be used both indoors and outdoors. But best of all, our beds are easy to clean. Just wipe them off or hose them down. Visit dogbed.us slash thequirkydog for more details. All right, we are back, and Scott is lighting his cigar, and Raiden is excited about this. He thinks this could be a good idea. He's ready to be on the Cigar Authority. So um, we are going to switch up question of the week for a little bit, and between now and the end of 2020, we are going to do definition of the week. Because there's a lot of words used in the dog world that just sound big and scary, but people should know what they mean. Some of them are important. So this um, week is brachiocephalic. That is the definition, and I will get the um, spelling correct for you guys in the description. But um, it just refers to a dog and dog breeds with shortened snouts. So if you heard that story of the pug that the flight attendant a few years ago said, oh, just put it up you know, in the storage carrier above the seats, it'll be fine and the dog died on the flight, that's because they're brachiocephalic. They don't have as uh, functional as a respiratory tract as a dog that has a normal size muzzle and a normal size snout. Ironic about that story is that the only reason it was able to fit in the overhead was because of the short, <laughs> of the muzzle. short muzzle. Made it fit in there perfectly. <laughs> oh God, first puff, and here he goes. <laughs> so some other breeds that are brachiocephalic, um, bulldogs are under that category, Boston Terriers, Pekingese, Boxers, Cavalier, King Charles, um, Las Opsos, everything else. A bunch of dogs go under that category, but you're just looking at that short muzzle right there. So a lot of the time people want to get a bulldog and then they look at the price point of bulldogs and they cannot believe how much they actually cost. So with a basic just kind of inquiry online, a bulldog puppy is going to be anywhere from $1,500 to $4,000. So it's an expensive puppy to buy. I've never heard of one for fifteen. Yeah. That, They're usually close yeah, to three 30, grand. $3,000, $3,500. It reminds me of uh, when we fasted the first time and you said, we should write a blog post. If you're a millionaire, you should try fasting. But it's true. Like, yeah. you know, well, we, we, were, we were juicing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I'm sorry. We were three, juicing. 400 yeah, a week we were juicing. Fruit. Yeah, juice fest. But uh, it's funny because, you know, we did this big thing and we got all geared up for it. And I went to Whole Foods and I bought all this produce. And literally in three days, I had spent $300 in produce. We were starving. Um, Scott's same son that I'm talking about that like Bulldogs actually moved in and did it with us. And we were freaking out of food. So the next stunt, I went to Walmart and I just got all cheap produce and we did it from there. But it's similar with Bulldogs, guys. If you have a lot of money and you're thinking of bringing a Bulldog into your household, make sure you have 
money to care for it its whole life because it's not just an upfront cost. Some of these things do pop up and over time with the breeding, they're having less and less success just living a healthy, normal life. That's why this cross hopefully um, is going to provide a little more stability and you know health to the owner that owns it. Um, but just the English bulldog in general, you can have a lot of issues there. Make sure you have money for training. Oh, little training, monkey. Training, training, Little monkey. You need to be a big boy. And they don't swim well. In case you're wondering. <laughs> that is true. That is true. These dogs need a life jacket if they're yeah, going to be on the they water. Are, they're not normal. They, they are, are like a bowling ball, you guys. If they're in the water, they're going to sink to the bottom. So you need to be conscious of that and not just test that. There was a kennel. I think we had already talked about it, but yeah. in Arizona that there was a big issue there. And they brought their bulldog in and said, oh, like dog can't swim. Don't do it. And then they called a couple hours later and the dog was at the bottom well, of the pool. Well, that's an uplifting story. Well, you got to be careful. If you want to have a bulldog, you need to be a little bit thoughtful. I thought of we could just leave it things. at they don't swim well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want it to happen again. And you want to be thoughtful of that. And we normally take the dogs swimming or for baths at the end. So if you go, you're going to have to definitely wear a life preserver, don't you think? My little monkey. He's very excited about your yeah. cigar. What are you smoking today? I mean, he's the kind of cigar. It's a, a Nestor. <laughs> I don't remember his last name, but I know his first name. <laughs> And whenever I get one of these, I like it. So He wanted to come and see you. He would do well in a cigar bar. So one He's thing face for it. that you want to consider with a puppy like him, he has giant paws. He is going to be a lot of dog, a lot of handling. So he's doing fine just sitting here and hanging out. But this isn't necessarily how they're pre-programmed to come. And even flipping the dog over. The other night we had him out. I was just handling him and flipping him over. And you just want the dog to get used to this kind of stuff because once he gets to be 80 pounds, it's not going to be as easy peasy on your back or anything else. But if he's being used to being handled this way and being cared for this way, it won't be a big deal. He really likes that cigar. Good boy. Okay, we're going to go like this because you're getting heavy for mommy now. Did we weigh him? Do you know how much he weighs now? I don't. He's got to be 30 pounds anyway, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, he seems like a lot. Yeah. How old is he? He's not five months yet, is he? No, I think he's just four. All right, so Scott was mentioning some of these uh, ear infections and these skin infections and everything else. And it's not that we're trying to give a bad name to bulldogs. We love bulldogs. They're great. But obviously, any breed that we see... They're going to come in with some behavioral issues or some more extreme issues all, than all anywhere else. All dogs are a pain in the ass. We'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> no matter the breed. No matter the breed. But you just want to be thoughtful if you're going to pick up a bulldog, whether it be a mix like him or an English bulldog or something else. How are they moving? And um, this is a new trend now, like that the bulldogs have these really wide set front ends and everything. And if it looks like they're hulking out, Maybe that's not going to be a very functional movement pattern for the dog's entire life. This guy... Um, well, they're see. not really bred for function, so we can well, probably start there. He more so is, though. He more yeah. so is. But he does not... He's a little bit afraid of this <laughs> tile. Good boy. But he stands like a normal dog, and this is important to see. And he, his front end... He's a little bit high in the back end. Well, a little bit. He's also growing. But he's not... His front end is not, like, way wide and making this, like, reverse U or something. Come here. You're going to go over and see Daddy with your uh, cigars. So that's one thing to look for. Can you meet the parents? Can you, are the parents social? Are they, do they say, oh, you know, the mom's a little bit protective of her puppies. Well, if that's the case, maybe the mother isn't social and maybe that'll be some sort of genetic aggression you don't want to bring with them. Do they move well? Can they eat normally? Literally, eating with bulldogs is a big deal. They need to have like raised bowls and be very conscious of the size of their food and everything else. Like, can they eat? Are they choking when they eat? Like, be conscious of these little things because... Well, they're super cute and maybe they fart and they snore and they act like little couch potatoes. If you have some of these bigger issues, it's a lifelong issue of problems as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I know you're not going to be like that, I promise. But you just want to be 
aware of those things and thoughtful of those things because dogs like this, obviously any dog is a 10 to 15 year commitment if you're lucky, but dogs like this can be a long freaking decade. We have had a few that have had human aggression for years and years and years that have really not even gone on top of it. Kind the of. The thing is, when you the reason it's important to do the research before you get the puppy, regardless of the breed, is that once you get the puppy into your house, you're going to get attached to it, and most families are not going to give up that puppy. So if it comes and all of a sudden it had unforeseen heart conditions, all kinds of other issues. You're not going to give it back. You're going to be all upset, but you're going to keep the puppy, and it's going to be 10 years of medical issues and a lot of expense. And Even if it's a cute Ideally, years. if you just um, do some pre-screening on the front end, you should be okay with a lot of that stuff. Things happen, but there's some things you can pre-screen and check out. Do you want this? Do you want this little thing? Another thing um, we're doing a lot of is value building with him. So today, uh, maybe even I'll do a quick time lapse of it. I'm going to teach him crate games. I want him to have value for going into his crate, self-control coming out. We're doing a lot of value building to beds. He has such great food drive that if he sees something that he think is, thinks is going to earn him a cookie, he's going to do it right away. If he thinks four paws on the floor is going to earn him a cookie versus jumping, he's going to give you four paws on the floor. He likes his food. He likes his meal time. He likes his treats. So building value, um, restrain recalls. Oh, we did the cutest. We took him to the park the other day, and uh, we've shown this with the pig before, but if Scott holds the pig's front end, you're going to be restraining, restraining my pig. A pig back. And then I'm, I'm turning, and I'm running, and I got cheese and everything else. Your piggy came. <clears throat> he was so cute. He was running all through the fields, so happy on his little long line to his cheese. His ears were flopping and flipping, but he's getting good reps of hearing Raiden come and running really fast and getting fed at this end. So all those little things are important, especially when you can get the, your hands on them so young. And I haven't seen, is there a lot of bulldog rescue? Have you seen a lot of bulldog rescue? No, but I'm sure there I is. I haven't either. I'm sure there is. I haven't even either. But think of that too. If you are encountering either a cross and rescue or a full bulldog breed and rescue, think about it like, okay, well, why why couldn't they keep this dog? Was it expense? Was it health expense? Is it temperament? Whatever else. Like just be thoughtful of a rehome there too, because most bulldog people are pretty committed. If they've had a bulldog, it's kind of like their life breed and that's what they're always gonna get. So if they're not keeping that dog throughout its entire life, there may be an exact reason for that. And you want to be thoughtful of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's great dogs in rescue that um, if you evaluate them right, you can get a good dog. You just never know what you're getting. But just not a bulldog. Same with maybe. puppies. I mean, you, this is the thing, like, I wouldn't recommend just going on to a general website that has 400 breeds and you just click on the breed you want and buy that puppy because <laughs> it's sitting there with a bow on its head. That's not the place to get that's a puppy, like, in That's my like opinion. the online pet store kind of thing. Yeah. You, got, well, you want to be thoughtful of those things. All right. Um, you got any closing thoughts about bulldogs? Because I don't know how much longer I can hold them. I didn't eat my Wheaties this morning. He's getting to be a little bit of a rumble and a tumble. Um, I really enjoy bulldogs. I think they're awesome. And uh, I really, I mean, I, I can see myself having a bulldog someday as well as a lab. <laughs> The more we podcast, the more breeds we're adding. This is getting dangerous. No, but they are fun. They, you know, they. I think they do settle down a lot better than the herding breeds, the shepherds and the yeah. malinois. They do have the, a better off switch. Yeah. He sits like a person on the couch. He puts his butt underneath them and his legs underneath them. And, he and sits I think down like, like any person. dog. I mean, if you if you have some nice training into them and they have a decent temperament, you're home free. You yeah. got nothing to worry about. 
All right, I got to do a quick pitch for my Oprah's favorite thing. So from now until the end of the year, every episode, we're going to talk about what our Patreon supporters um, are going to be able to get because we are going to do a big raffle for all of our supporters at the end of the year, just like Oprah does when she gives everything away. So the first thing I have as a giveaway, can you open this up? We, I was wondering what the Oprah connection saved- was here. <laughs> I always talk about Oprah whenever I can. So we saved a few shirts. We have a medium, large, and extra large left. So one of our lucky Patreon winners is going to get their very own teal quirky dog shirt, unless they already have one, and then we can swap it out for something else. And next week, we're going to have a very special guest on, Sarah, with the Super Collies. You may have seen her on America's Got Talent and a few other places over the years. So Raiden says, thanks for watching. He's a good boy. Keep it quirky. And we'll see you guys guys. next week. You good boy? The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.